Cade and Killian have played a lot of games so far together this season. They've looked pretty good together. Is this going to be the backcourt of the future? Are we finally seeing what we've wanted to see for such a long time? We'll talk about that in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by by Price Picks. Check out PricePicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Today, Price Picks daily fantasy made easy. Per usual, I am your host Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And again, like I've been telling you guys for the past few weeks, the best way to support the podcast is to head over to our YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. We are trying to get to a thousand subscribers. Last I checked, I think we are at 737 right now. I think. Uh, so we're, we're closing in. We're trying by the end of this month. We're trying to get to the thousand subscribers. We're getting a little bit closer. I need your guys' help to get us there. Let's try to get there before the end of the year. I'd really appreciate it. But like I said, at the beginning of the at the beginning of the podcast, the cold intro, uh, you know, the cold open. Uh, Killian and Kate have played, was it, 12 games together thus far, and they've looked pretty good together. Um, I, think, I think that's one of the biggest bright spots so far with the team. We'll also talk about... Uh, possible changes to the starting lineup. And then lastly, we'll talk about Jeremy Grant and his play this far and his play moving forward. But luckily I have a guest on today to help me get through the podcast. It's been a slow weekend for the Pistons. They haven't played in a few days. So, you know, we're digging for content right now, but I was lucky to have our friend, a good friend of the podcast, Bryce, host of the Lock, uh, not locked on, host of the Motor <laughs> City podcast. Uh, Bryce, how you doing, man? Thank you for coming on. I'm good, Koo, man. I always like uh, like joining the podcast. I enjoy talking Pistons with you, and I, I know the content's a little slow right now, but I have a feeling we'll be able to dive into some good stuff today. So, yeah, we we usually do try uh, do a good job of you know extending some things when we need to, but uh, let's go ahead and get right into it then. Um, you know, there's been some there's not many positives I would say about the Pistons right now. It, it, you know, you could definitely find some, but I think it's a little bit more negative on a season that than people hoped, but. One of the few bright spots, obviously, has been Cade Cunningham. But along with Cade Cunningham, I think, is the backcourt of Cade and Killian Hayes. I'm going to let you go first, but before you go, I'll throw this out there for everyone listening and give you uh, something to bounce off of. Of any duo with Cade Cunningham, uh, and this is this is talking about on the court, any duo with Cade Cunningham, Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham have the highest on or plus minus of any duo at minus 2.0. Now, let me just say real quick before Bryce goes, you guys maybe think, well, you know, they're still negative on the court. Well, the team's losing regularly, and they're losing by a lot of points. So I don't think you're going to find many lineups. Actually, you know what? Let's let you guys know. Every single duo on here that's at least played 12 minutes a game together, not a single one's positive. So that, you know, it's it's just a simple fact that the Pistons just haven't won any games, and they, they get, they've been losing by a lot of points sometimes. So... You know, it, not a lot of them are going to be positive. But the best duo with Kate Cunningham has easily been Killian Hayes. The next closest one is more than a point behind them with Cade and Isaiah Stewart. So I thought, I think we've seen some good things from these two. Bryce, what do you think that, about this duo? You think this, this duo has shown a lot of promise? Yeah, I like the duo. I like them individually, what we've seen from them. I know I've seen people be negative about Cade Cunningham, especially recently, and um, I guess I understand it, you know, based on expectations. But for me, Cade, uh, we continue to talk about shooting with this team. I know everybody's tired of it. But 
other than making shots, which we've seen him do a little bit better, better more recently. Other than that, he's been as advertised. He's bringing more defensively than what I thought. He's rebounding more than what I even thought, to be honest. And he's shown an ability to go by his defender more. Killian, we're continue to see the baby steps. You know, I, I, I actually talked on Motor City Hoops today that we recorded. will be out on Tuesday that it's kind of interesting because I feel like the fan base has shifted with Killian Hayes' coup. I feel like the fan base, he was really polarizing. People were kind of negative, And now people are very supportive of him, which is good. It's a little confusing to me, but it's good. And maybe it's because they see this backcourt coexisting and working together. The catch and shoot three is looking better. You, I saw you highlight it. His off-ball movement in terms of a cutter is really good, and that's another aspect of playing off the ball. And so, and obviously, he's really good defensively. So, I think this is a duo as long as they continue to get better. That really could be the backcourt of the future, as long as they continue to get better individually. But they're going to be able to play together, Koo. So, I want to point this out. Bryce is right that the the it feels like that the fan base's opinion, your guys' opinion of Killian Hayes has shifted and has changed a little bit. I want to tell you guys this. I told you guys at the beginning of the season that Killian had only played, what was it, 28 games into his NBA career, I think it was, at the beginning of the year. He had, there was nowhere near enough sample size to call him a bust or think he wouldn't be able to get anywhere. And something that we had that was a positive of him from last year is that the more he played, the better he looked, it seemed like, last year. And that's exactly what's happened so far this year. Each game he's played, each week that goes by, he's looked better and better, and it looks like he's proving, improving on small things. Uh, we talked about in the last podcast, him, you know, I feel like he's doing a better job of maneuvering in between the three-point and the, and the basket. It's not great yet, but I still think he, I think he's looked better than he did earlier in the season. And like Bryce brought up, uh, his off-ball play, I think, is what's keyed this, 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 this duo to playing really well. Killian being able to be, I've, you guys have heard me say this before, possibly their best catching shooter so far in the season, which I, you know, I, I think that says high, high, high things of Killian Hayes, but also maybe uh, not so great things about the rest <laughs> of the team. Um, but either way, you know, Killian being what has been like their best catch and shooter. And is, like like Bryce brought up that, you know, he's been moving off the ball. They have like this synergy on, on cuts to the basket between the two. Uh, they they just been working really well together. It's been a fun. It's been one of the funnest things to watch between and uh, in all these Pistons games is the tandem of Killian and Cade. And, you know, I, I don't remember if it was last game um, they played. It might have been the last game they played. But, you know, I, I was on Twitter saying, you should just play Cade and Killian the rest of the second half. I, I was in support of them just playing the entirety of the second half because of how good they've looked when they were on the floor. And as soon as they left the floor, the Pistons fell off. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think it's that far of a stretch to say that, you know, I, I think this has been even more than people thought it would be early in the season. I don't think, I mean, I know I was high in this backcourt, but I know a lot of people had doubts about it. Uh, but I think, you know, it's been really damn good. Defensively, they're very versatile. Uh, Killian being as good as he is defensively, I think really – really has like set the tone as well. And I'll throw it back to you, Bryce, but the, just to say, you know, you don't really, you know, why has the the fan base's uh, opinion shifted on Killian Hayes? You know, I want to point out that he's only, he's still only 43 games into his NBA career. And the fan base is already starting to shift their opinions simply between what, 15 games this year? All it took was an extra, what, oh, 17 games. He played 26 games this rookie year. So 17 games into the NBA, his second NBA season. People are already like, oh, okay, we're starting to see some stuff. Now what happens in another month? What happens a month from then? Like, you're continuing to see improvements from him. I think the reason why fans are starting to, you know, get behind him a little bit 
is because you're starting to see like the archetype that he, you know, is starting to fill out to be right now. Maybe not what he, he may be more than this moving forward. I'm still pretty high on him, but you can at least see the archetype that he's becoming right now and how much he's improved game over game over game. Uh, and especially with how he fits with Kate, I think that's, you know, helps his relationship with the fan base a lot. Yeah, so you bring up a really good point there because I think part of the issue was exactly that is he isn't really the player that was pitched to us whenever he was drafted or what I feel like was pitched to us or what we thought. he Maybe it was the fan base. Maybe it was me. What Maybe it was what I built up. You know, this just pick and roll maestro that was going to look really good and all that and pick and roll. And we can get in the whole pick and roll conversation. We don't, we don't have to get into the whole pick and roll conversation with a big and all that. I think we all understand that. But he, that's not something we've just seen him excel at. And so I think adjusting our mindsets to the type of player he is and is going to be has really, really helped that. So I want to ask you, uh, a name that continues to get brought up to me is actually Lonzo Ball as kind of a comp for the type of player he's going to be. You know, Lonzo came in with a rep as an on-ball player, great passer, all those things, and he's almost turned into more of an off-ball facilitator that can catch and shoot at a high level from three and is a good defender. To me, that sounds like what we would like to see Killian Hayes become. I don't know what you think. I kind of like that comp for him, though, after what we've seen through 40-plus games. So I I like that question. I like that whole topic. So actually what we're going to do is I'll go ahead and get this ad break in. And then when we come back, we'll push the the eventual starting lineup, possible changes back a little bit. And I'll come back and answer that question. We can talk about that for however much longer. But, uh, you know, we got to keep the lights on, everybody. So before we get into any of that, I have to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you a little bit about Price Picks. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of you, our users that deposit and use our promo code will receive 100% instant match up to uh, $100. Just be sure to use promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and over-under on their projections, you can win up 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks also allows mixed sports entries. You can take the, you know, I, I usually say the under on every Lions quarterback, but they finally won today, and you would have been wrong on that. So maybe sometimes take the over on Goff's passing yards and the under on, I don't know, LeBron's points in the same entry. You can do that with Prize Picks. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is safe and it offers fast withdrawals as well. So don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. Then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and all the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about this at directtv.com. Yes, that's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. 
Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And also, if you haven't checked this out on YouTube, make sure you go check it out. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. By the end of the year, we got just about, like, what, 25 days left. We're sitting at, like, 737 subscribers right now. So we're going to have to make a big push this last month. Help me get there. I'd really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the podcast, like I said. So if you haven't already, head over to the Lockdown Pistons cha- uh, YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. Um, but before we left, Bryce had just asked me a question about, you know, Killian Hayes and the comparison between him and Lonzo Ball. And I've made this comparison as well on the podcast. I think you guys remember a few weeks ago. And I've been tweeting about it a little bit as well. So I- I'll say this. And, you know, it's actually, we, we kind of, I think we had this conversation with Hal, uh, the host of the Busted Header podcast, like in the offseason, early offseason about this. And he brought up a good point. Then I'm going to bring it up now. Uh, so right now, I think Killian Hayes is kind of pushing himself, or not pushing himself. He's kind of filling into that Lonzo Ball role right now. A tall guard who can push in transition, a great transition passer who defends like hell and can hit the outside shot and kind of struggles in between the arcs, right? Or in between the three-point line and the basket. Um, there is so so right now. I think he is fitting that archetype, and that's why I think fans are starting to you know get behind him a little bit because you can see that archetype being created for him and what he's filling into. And he's I think he's playing pretty well in that role right now. Uh, he's going to get better by the end of the season. However, there's reason why I I still believe that he could be better than Lonzo Ball, and it's something that Hal brought up in the off season, early off season when he came on the podcast. It was a guest. The thing with Lonzo was. At least from Hal. Hal watches. Hal's my draft person, so if I'm wrong, you guys can let me know. But you guys can go argue with Hal. But from what Hal has told me over the years, is that Lonzo never had nowhere near the amount of experience and and feel in the pick and roll than Killian showed when he was overseas. And that's something that Killian showed. Uh, like Bryce said, coming into the draft, he was supposed to be. He was built to us as like this pick and roll guy. Uh, so this is something that I feel like Lonzo has always struggled with in the league. Uh, Killing struggling scoring in between the arcs, but I still feel like I feel like Killing shows better ball handle and better feel in the pick and roll than Lonzo has ha- has shown in his career thus far, uh, and I think that that makes me keep hope up that Killing can eventually still uh, fill into that role of a pick and roll guy who can work the pick and roll and eventually score, uh, be somewhat of a scoring threat in there. Uh, but right now, I, I do agree with you, Bryce, that like the comp right now of how he's playing is Lonzo, even though I still think that I think that eventually, like when he's 24, 25 years old, like in his prime, I think he still has that ceiling of being able to st- or, uh, operate a pick and roll and control it and, and make that uh, main emphasis of an offense. Yeah, I agree. And that's, I think that's what the progression is like the natural progression is hopefully we see that. And, and again, we don't have to get into this conversation. I don't know that we've, we've seen him or Cade get a true uh, look, a good look at whether they're going to be successful in those pick and roll situations yet, you know, and, and I'm doing an offensive breakdown on Isaiah Stewart right now. And I'm going to look at the pick and roll stuff. And I think sometimes it's overstated, but it's also true at times, you know, uh, that there's just not a real true pick and roll big guy 
for them. I was looking up Lonzo Ball's stats, you know, the kind of the in-between game and then trying to compare it to Killian Hayes. And it, it, it's very comparable in terms of like right now, Killian does has very limited attempts at the rim. He hasn't got there a lot, but the percentage is good. The three-point percentage, like you've outlined, isn't bad, especially for the Pistons. And then the in-between just isn't great. So I, I just, the, the more you look into it, the more it really makes sense. Um, I want to go back to the Killian Hayes Cade thing real quick. Also, I had one more point. Whenever I watched them at Summer League, I brought this up, I think, recording with you while I was out there at Summer League. You could see those two guys, and I just felt like seeing it in person, you could tell they understood the gravity of them working together. In warm-ups, they were together. On the bench, they sat next to each other. Walking in, like, you could just, I just got the feeling that they knew they needed to work, and they wanted it to work between them. And I think we're seeing that play out. You said what? Just still 12 games so far between their yeah. the injuries. Like, so we're still really, really young into this. And I know people are getting tired of, well, they've only played this minute, but like, it's still true right now. Now by next season, we're not going to be able to say those things anymore, but I, I expect this to be really exciting at the end of the year as they continue to get to play more games together. Yeah. I'm really excited for it as well. Just like from what we said as well already that, you know, they both have looked better as the season progressed. Uh, so far, uh, uh, Cage coming off some really good games uh, shooting-wise and killing, I feel like week after week is improving. Uh, he looks way better than he did at the beginning of the season. The beginning of the season, the next week, he looked better. And then the week after that, he looked better than the week before. Like, this is just what you want to see from him so far. And I hope that his thumb injury doesn't raise up again because that, I think, is the is the core. Him, him not being able to play long stretches of games because he's just – He's been getting injured a lot. I think that hurts. I see that you wanted to say something. Go ahead. Well, I just was it. Two, it's been two games since he sat, right? So like he was playing through it. He sat what three or four games, and I think then I believe three. three. And then I think he's played the last two with no issues whatsoever. Because even the game, every game before he sat, I feel like the thumb got hit and he had to take some time out of the game to like rest and get back. Since he came back, I believe we played a Tuesday, Thursday or something like that. And he played both of those games with no issues in terms of like having to go sit out because it got hit. And they said something about a split. What's, what's even more impressive, it is his left hand, right? So yeah. like that's his, that's his shooting hand. And the fact he's still shooting the ball at a decent clip, that's pretty impressive when you factor that in as well. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's going to be interesting to watch. I hope it doesn't keep getting hit. I don't think he's been hit over the last few games, so hopefully he, he's able to evade that. Uh, but let's go ahead and try start off the, the starting lineup uh, possible changes, and then we can take it into the third segment. We'll go for like three or four minutes here before we go to the next ad break. Uh, but yeah, Bryce, you know, we, we've talked about in this podcast a lot about Sadiq Bey and his struggles. Um, I even got a DM for one of you guys saying, you know, maybe tone it down a little bit with the with the negativity around Sadiq. And that, that's fair. I, I get we don't want to be completely negative, but uh, it seems like a topic that's being brought up a lot right now, and that's possible changes to the starting lineup because Sadiq just had another really, uh, you know, watch my language, but piss poor game, I feel like. He, he's, he's, he, hasn't, he hasn't played well. So it, the conversation is starting, is starting to heat up amongst the community. I see them talking about it a lot. Uh, credit to Detroit Bad Boys where Bryce writes and, and I occasionally write. Uh, they came up with an article a few days ago talking about five possible changes. Uh, so first off, Bryce, real quick, before we even dive into it, just yes or no, do you think that a lineup change in the starting lineup should be considered? Not should it happen, but do you think they should be considering it uh, moving forward? Yeah, I, yeah, and I just want to 
Like, I actually disagree. So just so the listeners know, and if you don't follow us on Twitter, and, and Ku and I and how, like, we all had a healthy discussion about Sadiq Bey on Twitter. Like, Ku's one of my good friends. How's a good friend. I love these guys. But we can disagree on things, and we can do it in a healthy way. I actually disagree with what they kind of feel about Sadiq Bey in terms of the offseason stuff. Now, I don't disagree with how he's playing. Like, there's no way about that. Um, so I just did want to say that, and it, it's okay. And I don't – I don't think I don't think anything you guys are saying is wrong, you know, like it just uh, it's different opinions. But yes, I do think we're at a point with Sadiq Bay where I would understand if Dwayne Casey decided to bring him off the bench purely for a confidence boost, which we've seen happen to players before. So I'm OK with it being on the table right now. All right. So what we're going to do here, I'm going to present to the table how Sadiq has played. And then going into the third segment, we'll then talk about possible changes that could happen. Uh, so we, so everyone understands why possible changes could be happening if this is your guys' first time listening. So if you're looking at Sadiq's synergy chart right now, which I have up, I honestly should share the screen if I can. Um, let me see if I can share this with you, you guys over on YouTube, which is one of those bonuses that you guys will get if you guys watch it on YouTube. Uh, yes, it's up, isn't it? No, let me pull it up right now. There you go. Okay. If you're looking at his synergy chart, Bryce, I hope you can see this. I hope it's not too blurry. Um, uh, his spot-up numbers right now, he's in the 14th percentile, which is a rating of poor, as a transition, which you guys you guys have heard me talk about highly of him in his rookie season. He was in, like the, I believe, the 92nd percentile in transition because he was so good at moving wing-to-wing wing and finding spots beyond the arc. Right now, he's in the 26th percentile. Pick-and-roll ball handler, he's in the 48th percentile. And I, in isolation, honestly, that's actually the biggest shock. He's at, actually in the 54th percentile, but that's only on 27 possessions. Uh, so then you move on, you know, nothing else really. He does too much of. Uh, a lot of them are small possessions, like off screens, post-ups. Uh, none of these things are above average. All of them are below average or poor. Uh, and then also, just real quick, all jump shots, he's shooting. Uh, he's in the 22nd percentile on all jump shots. Just catch and shoot, he's, on, he's in the ninth percentile which is like I don't, I don't think yeah i don't <laughs> think any of us could even come close to imagining that that could possibly happen with sadiq uh so he's there's no doubt and we can take this off now but, but there's no doubt that he's playing really bad you know with, with his play obviously it's brought up the conversation that should they make a lineup change and bryce said he thinks they should consider it let me go ahead and stop sharing this um and then also i believe I also believe they should consider it. Now, will they actually do it? Do I think they should? We'll talk about that when we come back, and we'll talk about potential guys who could fill in this spot for Sadiq Bay and what kind of lineup we could put out there or the Pistons could put out there that could, you know, function without Sadiq Bay's quote-unquote shooting that he's supposed to bring to the starting lineup. Uh, but that's before we get into the ad, or after we'll get into the ad break. Uh, I got to tell you guys about some of our sponsors, your guys' favorite sponsor, Bill Farr. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six of their new flavors in caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor, packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try a Bilt Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Then let me tell you about another one of our uh, sponsors, BetOnline AG. BetOnline has you covered 
all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all their amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So again, head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. I'll remind you guys for a third time on the podcast, you guys want to find the best way to support the podcast, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. We are just over 730 subscribers. We're trying to get to 1,000 by the end of the season or by the end of the year. We have just about 25, 26 days to go until then. Uh, it's going to be a tight squeeze. Can we do it? I hope so. Go support the YouTube channel. I'd really appreciate it. At Lockdown Pistons, hit that subscribe button. It would go a long way. Um, okay, but we're talking. I'm sorry if you guys can hear that in the background, by the way, if there's like a sound going on. Megan, my fiance, is currently vacuuming in our living room. Um, but anyways, possible changes to the starting lineup. Bryce, we both agree that they should consider doing it. So before I give you, I give you the floor to say what possible changes could happen, Start your answer off with this. If you were Coach Casey, do you do it? Not only do you consider it, do you change the starting lineup and sit Sadiq? I wouldn't yet. I would give it one more week. I believe we play four games this week between, I know we played tonight against the Thunder on NBA TV, and then I believe by Sunday we'll have played four games this week, if I'm not mistaken. So their schedule is today against the Thunder, Wednesday against the Wizards, Friday against the Pelicans, and then on Sunday they play the Nets. Yeah, so four games. If we don't see some sort of glimmer of him getting out of this, I honestly think it's in his best interest to bring him off the bench and change something up, um, let alone the team's best interest. So I wouldn't yet, if we go through these four games and we're seeing the same results, then yes, I I would do it after those four games. And the very first person I would personally consider is actually Hamadou Diallo. Okay, fair enough. So, um, I, I'm not. I'm going to be honest. I, I would actually go before these four games. I wouldn't do it this game, but I think he's played but played bad long enough to a point where, kind of like you said, it would just be it. It kind of dis. I think it's kind of a disservice to the team, and also a disservice to Sadiq himself. Not to like kind of try to hold them accountable, and and you know, and also maybe bringing them off the bench, you know, will will spark something, give them a chip on the shoulder, something to fight for, something you know, to to prove people wrong and like you know, piss them off a little bit. You know, people say Dwayne Casey pushes the right buttons with some of his young players. Maybe this is the button that could possibly be pushed, you know, to try to you know, get a fire lit under him. I know this is you know, a, this player is not on the team no more, but we kind of talked about this with Seku Dumboya. It's last season where, you know, he wasn't playing very much. They sat him for a few games. It looked like it kind of pissed him off, and he played really well at the end of the season. Now, he's not here still, but that button was – it did seem like a good button that he pushed because it seemed like it, it really got the best out of Sekou the rest of the season. Maybe that could happen with Sadiq. I know some of you guys have hit me up and said, you know, you know it could be like a few years ago where the Pistons had Tobias Harris, and they sat him on the bench and just said, you know, it'd probably be better if you came off the bench and provide the scoring off there. It'd probably be best for you. You get to be a focal point of the offense. 
you guys brought that up. You know, all kinds. I think it just would if he continues to struggle. I would give him like this game and possibly the next one if it continues to just be, you know, and it's not just him struggling. This past game, he was like a minus nineteen on the floor, I believe, like more than ten points worse than anyone else. It was really bad, and he's it's getting to a point where you know it's not just him. And we brought this up before on the podcast. It's not just him shooting bad. Now he's running away from opening shots. Even even Dwayne Casey. Let me pull it up. I honestly I should have had this quote in front of me. I forgot completely about it. Even Dwayne Casey said today, uh, he mentioned something about it. They asked him, James Edwards III of the athletic tweet that's out, uh, Casey on Sadiq Bay shooting struggles, don't let the, that define who you are. He also went on to say, quote-unquote, you're never going to be more open than when you first catch the ball. And that's something we've been hitting completely over and over and over on the podcast, that Sadiq is open on a lot of these kickouts, and he's just choosing not to shoot. This past one, this past game really had a tough one, and we talked about it already, where he caught a wide open corner pass from Kate Cunningham. And instead of shooting, he took a sidestep into a contested fadeaway three. And it's just like those kind of plays are not only hurting Sadiq, but it's actively hurting the team badly. So I, I, I would, I would make this change. I would make it pretty soon. I'd give him tonight's game. And if it's still pretty bad, I would make that change soon. And I agree with Bryce. The person I would pick is Hamadou Diallo. So Bryce, I'll give you the floor now to say why why do you choose Hamadou Diallo? If it if the change is to happen, why Diallo? I mean, I think the one a lot of people would instantly go to is Frank Jackson, but I actually like the idea of Hamadou Diallo um, just because of the juice he brings, the athleticism he brings. I like him playing with Killian Cade to kind of give him a cutter and a slasher. I know there's some shooting concerns with that lineup. I think that lineup's really, really switchable and long and can really be disruptive defensively. And you know I'm just a fan of Hamadou Diallo. I also like it because I think you have to consider the second unit still. I like then, okay, you got Frank Jackson and Sadiq Bey, two quote-unquote shooters, you know, with the second unit. You bring Kelly Olenek back, and all of a sudden that second unit theoretically shoots the ball really, really well. Um, you know, even Trey Lyles is supposed to be a decent shooter. I know I don't want to get you started on Trey Lyles. But, um, you know, so I like it for the second unit as well. And, and then I just want to throw another one at you because we've talked about this before we recorded. You could also start Josh Jackson for the next month and a half and maybe try to build up and drum up some trade value in his game as well if he went in and played well in the starting lineup and got some minutes that way. So that's another option also. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think that that actually could be an option if they do make the trade – or not the trade, the, the change in the lineup uh, – I think Dwayne Casey would consider starting Josh Jackson. Uh, I wouldn't put it out, out of the possibility. But I, I, like like I said, I agree with you that it should be Hamadou Diallo. And this is the thing. People will say the shooting issues. Well, you know, you're having shooting issues right now anyways because Sadiq can't hit a shot. He can't hit anything. Uh, and there's one thing, you know, so if, if you're already missing shooting, you need something else, I feel like. if You might as well have someone on the floor who's going to bring other things to you. And I think Hamadou Diallo... I really think Hamdou Diallo has played extremely well since being put back in the rotation. His numbers aren't going to say it. He's only averaging seven points a game since being put back into the star, uh, not starting line, back into the rotation. He's shooting 56% from the field, though. Uh, I just feel like defensively, he's been extremely active. He's been all over the place. Uh, he, he's constantly going out there. His motor's high. Uh, and I feel like that he – this is something that we brought up a few days ago on the podcast. I think it was about maybe a week or a week and a half ago. Uh, the Pistons' transition numbers are looking better and better as the season goes yes. on. They're picking it yes. up in transition. They're starting to score more in transition. Uh, and I feel like, especially, I, I, you guys know I've been saying it, I feel like Cade and Killing really played well in transition. 
just because they're not the athletes, they're not going to speed out, run guys up and down the floor. That's not what transition basketball is. You guys have heard me say this over and over. It's not just about that. Getting the, the defense on their on their heels, attacking when they're not, you know, set. I think that really fits into how Killian and 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 Kate like to play. Uh, so the Pistons have done a really better job of of incorporating that into their offense and scoring better. Uh, I'm bringing the numbers up right now on Synergy. They rank 13th in the NBA in transition points per possession. Uh, and you guys already know, towards the beginning of the season, they were towards the bottom at like 28th, 29th. Uh, so they picked that up. I feel like if you put Hamdou Diallo in there with Cade and Killian, uh, honestly, if you want me to be honest, I think or Killian would probably love it even more because Killian's constantly... There was one pass. Killian had this pass game. I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about, Bryce. Uh, but Diallo had sprinted down the floor... Someone got a long rebound and gave it back oh, to Killian. Yeah. And Killian yeah. literally touched past it about, like, what, 60? How, how many feet? Like, 60 feet or something in front of him all the way down the court to Diallo for a touch. Uh, not touch it was down, during the third quarter. It was during the third quarter run that they went on. I think that, yeah. like, capped off a 12-0. There was a timeout. And then the Pistons continued it after that. So, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so I, I think that Hamadou Diallo really does fit with them because it gives them another element in transition. It gives them, like you said, switchability defensively. He's more. I feel like he's more active. Sadiq may be a better, possibly a better on-ball defender right now. I would have to go back and like kind of watch it closely. But I feel like Hamadou Diallo is more of an active defender than Sadiq. He'll get more active in the passing lanes. He'll take more risk. He'll try to get out on the break more. I feel like that's something that could bring something to the Pistons' offense as well. So. I would go with Hamdou Diallo over Frank Jackson in the starting lineup. I know people like uh, that trio, and that trio has played well in the, in the limited minutes they've played, but I, I think Diallo would be my pick. And I think he's not only do I think he'd fit well, I think he's earned it. I, I really do think that he, after where he was at beginning of the season, getting that dust up with Dwayne Casey and, you know, not being in the lineup, he's played his ass off since coming back in the lineup. And he's he's played really well. He's done what's asked of him. He's tried. He's found ways to make an impact, so I think he deserves it. So, yeah, that, that's where I, I stand with it. Yeah, I'll just real quick, and I know we're getting up to the end of the show, but with, with Hami is I agree. I think he – you can see him playing with that fire. So this is another example, right, of, of Dwayne Casey pushing a button, using the bench, quote-unquote, use the bench to send a message and teach a lesson with Hami early in the season, and Hami has responded. And I, I would like – I personally – would like to see a little bit more production. I would like to see the athleticism, the energy, all that turn into a few more buckets, turn into a few more rebounds. Like I'm not a huge stats guy, but stats like that stuff does matter to an extent. So I would like to see a little bit more production, but I think he's doing everything he can to take advantage of the opportunity. So if there was a move made with Sadiq Bey, Hami's the guy I would like to see benefit from that. Yeah. And I think we saw a little bit of that before we end the pocket. I think we already saw Dwayne Casey kind of, I feel like he kind of hinted at this move possibly coming in this last game against who was it? Um, the uh, the Phoenix Suns. Sadiq got sat for the lot of the second half, and yep. Hammy had a very long stretch of playing with that lineup, and he was a key part. Uh, obviously, Cade went psycho, and you know really started to show that killer instinct in him. But Hammy also was a part of that. Uh, he was part of that run. He was a key part of it during that third quarter. So. You know, I think Dwayne Casey already kind of has hinted at it possibly happening with that. Uh, I, I, if Sadiq continues to struggle, I, I think they have to pull the pull the string on that. I it just it I, you can't. You, I, I understand riding with the guy, but like I've brought up on the podcast a few times already, if you're talking about sitting Sadiq for another old guy, I, okay, then I understand the issue. Hami's just as young as everybody else. He's 23, so it's just another young guy outplaying another young guy, deserving it more. So it's not like you're sitting him down for someone else who doesn't really matter. 
Diallo's earning it. Diallo's. I feel like Diallo has outplayed him. He's not scoring as much. I feel like as Sadiq, but I th- feel like his impact on the court has been better. I feel like he's bringing more to the floor, and he's not. I, I think the biggest issue, and then we can we can wrap it up, and I'll give you the last word, Bryce. But the thing that with Sadiq that he needs to change moving forward to keep his starting spot and kind of get back on track. Just shoot the ball when you're open. He just has to. He just has to shoot it. Because him shooting and missing nowhere near hurts as much as him just passing up an open three or sidestepping into a worse three. Like that hurts the offense and, and him way worse than him just shooting open threes and possibly missing more than he wants. So that that's why I'll end it with, I'll give you the final word. Yeah, I'll just say real quick, you know, earlier I said I kind of had disagreed with the whole Sadiq Bay, what he did this offseason. Where I absolutely agree is he's gone way too far of, I want to prove that I'm more than a three and D player. And it's almost like he's abandoned that I'm a good three point shooter to prove to, to only focus on being an ISO player or attacking the basket or showing he can pass better or whatever it is. And that's where I think Sadiq Bay messed up. You got to continue to do what you do best, which is catch and knock down shots. And it's almost like he forgot that he was really good at that. And he no longer has the confidence in his ability to do it. And sometimes a player's confidence, you have to make, take, like some people are going to think this is a drastic measure. Sometimes with people's confidence, with players' confidence, you have to take drastic measures to fix it. And this might be what it is. All right. Fair enough. We're in the podcast there. Um, actually, for you guys on YouTube, I got to say this, Bryce, you know, this is, this is, this is not pisses related at all. My beard's coming in, man. I'm, my my beard's coming in nice, man. I'm not gonna lie. I thought you were about. I thought you were about to make fun of my head because uh, when I listened, because <laughs> I know when when James recorded with you, he he like he he got after your hair real fast. And my first thought was like, man, I hope James and I never record video because he's just gonna make fun of my bald head. So I, I'll I can say see this. the light shining. I'll say this: if anyone here is listening, still, you guys can go over to James right now and say. James only made fun of my hair that day because he's mad that his hair can't get that long no more. That's that's all that's all that is. He's he's mad and, that his hair can't get that long. And I do want to say one. I, I know people see this cup. This is not a Lakers cup. It's not. This is this is my high school. Okay, we're purple. The LB is Lake and Bronx. It's not Long Beach or anything else California related. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew <laughs> I wasn't drinking a Lakers cup on, on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. I'm Pistons through and through. Motor City hoops. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I think I, we all know Bryce is, is is a Pistons guy through and through since joining us last year. Uh, Bryce, I want to thank you again, man, for coming on. I appreciate it. It's always a lot of fun recording with you, man. Make sure you no guys doubt. all go over to his Twitter at Motor City Hoops. Follow him on Twitter. Make sure you guys subscribe to his podcast. Listen to all of it. Uh, his Motor City Hoops podcast. I believe you can find that also on all his on the podcast platforms as well. Uh, so make sure you guys go make that one of your guys' listens today. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. And for your second listen, before you guys go check out Bryce's, make sure you guys go check out Lockdown Bet, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your podcast platforms. Uh, I want to thank you guys again for listening to the podcast. Enjoy the game tonight. It's against the OKC Thunder. I swear to God, the Pistons, they shouldn't lose this game. and They better not get blown out. That team just lost by over 70 points. I'm I'm really nervous about the narrative that could come from this game, man. And it's on NBA TV. I'm nervous, but it's a dub tonight. It's a dub tonight. It 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 better be, man. This has to be one we get. Uh, But, yeah, I'll catch you guys in tomorrow's podcast. Thank you guys again for listening. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked on Pistons. Check out Bryce's podcast, and we'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody.